0: I've lost my place already in my notes. It's the beginning?
1: Well, Philippa, they say things are like, you know, riding a bike. You get on and you do it and it's good. But I submit (coughs) to you, have you ever gotten back on a bike? I fucking did, and I fell over, and it's hard, and so things aren't like riding a bike,
0: because doing that is shit. My first experience on a bike, I fell down a storm drain, and I just never got back on again. And then a clown demon stole you, and then it was all the whole thing. I am the clown demon. I just looked at that first grader going down and thought, that looks fucking awful. Note to self, avoid bikes. (laughs) Yes, so
1: we're back. Rust is occurring, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. We'll remember how to speak into small devices that control
0: our voices via magic. And word good. I mean, we're going to need a bullshit introduction, and I'm fresh out of bullshit. I feel like there's been so much bullshit
1: that we need just like a whole episode that's two hours long where we just kind of recap our lives up until now. (laughs) But in the interim, you got a new job. I started a business. Those things are hard. We're hard. Yes. So
0: that's... uh, Sporking is hard. (laughs) Sporking (laughs) me. Bath (laughs) mouth in hard face. No. Uh. All right. So, Jess. Yes. As the month of October draws to a close, Mm. the fog settles upon Edinburgh, curling its spectral fingers around the city. A moon rises in the night sky, and two women... Ancients, long-sleeping, open their eyes at last and prepare to shriek into the night, Halloween! Halloween!
1: Who are those two women, you might ask? Well, one of them is Philippa Evans.
0: Oh god, you know, I didn't even remember that we do that thing that yeah. we do. Well, which it's is- been so fucking long that people are actually gonna have to need it this time. They'll be like,
1: What's this whole podcast? What podcast, again? podcast is this? What's it like scrape the dust off and and who are these bitches?
0: Bess and Philip, I guess. <laughs> So, Bess. (laughs) Yes. We're back after our long slumber. We
1: are. Bessica Jern on the podcast Everything is Awful Forever.
0: History or something Helper her devins <laughs> uh, words they they trouble me so- <laughs> they vex me so <laughs> so that is not dead which can eternal lie and all that i'm sure not a lot has happened in the world over the last six or so months and <laughs> that women's rights russia and the queen of england are right where we left them yeah, i'm sure everything's okay <laughs> it's fine <laughs> it's We we did leave our houses once. We did see each other's faces and breasts. It was really nice. (laughs) Was I as you remembered me? Oh, much more magnificent. We went to a witchcraft market. That was very on (laughs) brand.
1: That's really good. You went again without me the other day and I was extremely jealous and upset. And also I really want the spice cherries that we got. Someone was just rocking about with a snake. They just kind of had like a bundle of animal in their hand and I turned around and was like, I need to touch your animal immediately. And she said yes.
0: Its name was Banana yes, Bread? Yes, I am <laughs> Very good. Yes. So, owner of Banana Bread, if you listen to this pod, <laughs> pet your snake yeah. for us. Say hi again. We're best friends now. So, I just wanted to get the housekeeping straight out the way and say that we might not be able to commit to a regular episode schedule, especially now that I'm back to full-time work. So, our goal is to commit to a regular monthly minisode for our Patreon. And perhaps the odd extra treat here, if we can manage it, mm, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Because our patrons have been so good, they
1: have really patient, and everyone has been really patient. I know a few people who have been impatient, and they like, it oh, It's like it will come out eventually because we do love doing this, but it doesn't really make us any money, so it is a hobby <laughs> in this
0: economy. In this economy
1: doing things for fun. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll still do it. We're not
0: dead. We're just you know less. <laughs> <laughs> Shades of our former self. Yes. Husks, if you were. Going in the opposite direction from that. I think that our goal is to keep doing things, but in such a way as they don't become stressful for us. Yeah. Because when we overcommit, then we shriek into the night and retreat back into our holes. Mm. So I think it's better that we do this in a sustainable way. And just, yeah, we love this weird little pod and we want to keep it going. And we're lucky to have people like you who think we're worth listening to. It's like you're trying to coax a
1: deer out of the woods. You have to, like, do it really gently and slowly and calmly. You can't just be like, come and be my friend, otherwise we'll flit away majestically.
0: I was going to say, otherwise we might hiss. Do do deer hiss? You live in the forest. Do they go... (laughs) and then kind of slither back or am i thinking of the wrong animal yes that
1: is what they do with the tentacles and the wings and then mm-hmm. they sort of like shlop fly away Classic and deer. like disappear into an into a nether hole. you just got to you know
0: approach them gradually yeah. and gently mm-hmm. and maybe pat its head and join its patreon because <laughs> you know that that deer got bills to pay <laughs>
1: Seamless and
0: wonderful. (laughs) Shall we actually
1: do the thing of what (laughs) we're doing? Do do
0: the thing of the history thing. Yay! I've wanted to cover Victorian spiritualism since we started this podcast, but it's such a massive topic that I felt a little intimidated even trying to find a place to begin, especially because there's one dynamic duo that I so badly want to get to, but I need to cover some ground before I can get there. And the ground is treacherous, Jess, (laughs) full of traps and tricks and discombobulations, hocus-pocus magicians, (gasps) and maybe even a little, dare I say it, (sighs) witchcraft. I can actually talk again, by the way, and this is fantastic. Like I can laugh and go if I want, which is how you do talk. That is how talk do. And as with most things that might upset the church, the fatal spark was struck by two minors of the female persuasion. Mm. March 1848. The Fox family have recently moved into a rented house in Hydesville, New York. <laughs> okay, I said I could talk, but I can't. <laughs> I just, that's beer. it. That's That's, we're mm. done. Ten minutes in, I think we did well. Okay, let me try again. John and Margaret Fox have six children, most of them grown and living elsewhere. But Katie and Maggie, ages 10 and 14 respectively, are still living with their parents. In fact, it's just a few weeks before Katie's 11th birthday, and suddenly strange noises start manifesting in the house. Wrappings coming from the ceilings, walls, doors, and furnishings, mm. like... Ah! Bully work, bully work. ah. What was just a little creepy, though, was that the rapping seemed to be responsive. So one of the... I said creepy a lot, here, So one of the creepy, creepy, absolutely 100% haunted girls would say, Count two, three. Ah! And the knocks would sound... Set that house on fire, I say. <laughs> Soon, Katie and Maggie had established a way of communicating with the unseen rapper, discovering that the spirit was actually Will Smith, the French Prince, French <laughs> prince of Bel Air. <laughs> And actually, this is a story all about how my life got turned flipped upside down. I'm sorry, Will Smith is the only rapper I know, and I will delete this joke. That's very good that you also, like, think he's a
1: rapper. I googled it! An actor.
0: (laughs) He had a brief foray into rap music as the Fresh Prince accounts. He did. Yes, well done, Philippa. Thank you. So actually, using their knock knock once for yes, twice for no code, the sisters discovered that the rapper was the spirit of a murdered man (gasps) whose body lay beneath the house. Oh, no! Absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's fine. They'd previously referred to him as Flatfoot or Mr. Splitfoot. Ooh! Ominous. They also found that it would dance if they sang for it. Yay! More (laughs) ominous. I bet you they just stood there going La la, la la Well, the spirit kind of did a can't do those two things at the same time, so. <laughs> so people flocked to the Fox home, their numbers growing as months passed, absolutely convinced that the Fox sisters were authentic. If this was a movie, you'd be seeing old-timey newspapers spinning onto the screen with titles like Katie and Maggie Out Fox Death, mm. Unbelievable, The Dead Speak From Beyond the Grave, <laughs> Maybe Even Spirit Becomes a Ghoul's Best Friend. <laughs> I'm done, I promise. That's really good. I hope you do have more later. What was one area of the house the ghost never entered? Mm -hmm. The living room. (gasps) (laughs) When did it make the most noise? In the (laughs) moaning. I'm sorry. So, back to business. Strangely, everything that the spirit said was true. After all, everyone knows that ghosts make terrible liars. You can see right through them. (laughs) We're back, baby! So I'm not going to get deep into the lives of the Fox sisters, except to say that Katie and Maggie, as well as their sister Leah, became famous mediums. They soon began inviting the curious to sit with them around a dining table, which would sound with the raps of the spirits and get moved around by it the true beginning of the victorian seance. Mm-hmm. i saw a really good
1: card that was handed out at a funeral which is like talk soon and the person the picture of the person that died and like inside the card is like a little Ouija mm-hmm. board and i was like that's very good and i like that and it's going to be in my funeral please thank you yes i'd
0: go with that yeah. like if i if i die you can make something like that for me i will what interests me is the intense belief that people experienced and the fact that it was all one big lie mm. here's an account of a typical séance held by the sisters. The circle was composed of six gentlemen and four ladies. We sat around it in the usual manner, i.e. with everyone's hands resting on the table, while waiting for some demonstrations from the invisible world. We had our right foot patted as by a human hand, and the right leg of our pantaloons strongly pulled by some unseen agency. Raps were then distinctly heard. The presence of several spirits was indicated during the evening, and satisfactory tests were made but the most communicative and efficient one, purported to be that of Jesse Hutchinson. It was he who'd been playing Bo Peep with us under the table. <laughs> Heavy raps were now made on the floor, and on being requested to that effect, Jesse beat a march. It seemed to us Washington's march. In admirable time, he was then asked to beat time while the company joined in singing several tunes. He then spelled out the following communication via the alphabet. I'm most happy, dear friends, to be able to give you such tangible evidence of my presence. The good time has truly come. The gates of New Jerusalem are open and the good spirits made more pure by the change of spheres are knocking at the doors of your souls. Wait, that was all spelled out
1: by the spirit? Yes. That must have taken five hours.
0: I know, like. <laughs> Just amazed that horribly haunted things are happening like poundings on the floors and beatings and everybody's like oh marvelous let's sing along <laughs> do you know onward christian soldiers uh, we'll yes, sing everybody. Jerusalem and oh everything is gonna be a lot the victorians they must have just been so high on their own makeup that's this was just one more marvelous thing happening in their glorious lives i think so katie's and maggie's mother elizabeth said around the time I cannot account for these noises in any way, nor imagine how they could be made by any human means. But the truth was very unsupernatural. I put that emphasis in a weird place, but I'm going on. Mm-mm. Unless you're particularly impressed by people who can crack their toes like they're castagnettes. Oh, I can do that. I'd be can
1: excellent at seance. you? Yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah.
0: I have tiny toes. Like, I don't think I have numerous joints to crack. <laughs> like, my pinky toe is so small, it's almost not a toe. Whereas, oh, you're just walking around cracking mm. your toes like... Like,
1: like fingers. Like bubble wrap. People that can, like, crack all the knuckles. That's me with my, like, finger feet. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Think Simeon. about it.
1: Think about it. Yeah, get that in your mind. It's the Halloween Simeon episode. Feet. Creepy hands, feet. Now I want you to picture a pigeon, but instead of wings, it has human hands.
0: Ooh, <laughs> creepy. So that's what the Fox sisters were doing a mixture of cracking their knuckles and toes and some clever footwork with the floors, tables, and the pantaloons of unsuspecting men. <laughs> and the original wrappings of Old Splitfoot were the result of a system of apples on strings <laughs> that the sisters had set up what? so that they dropped against floors, walls, and doors. Huh. I guess they were really bored. Yeah. But as the novelty wore off, table wrappings became a little (laughs) passe. People wanted more thrills, more proof that life continued after death. Enter the Davenport Brothers. Mm. I love the name Ira, by the way. I realise I haven't introduced him yet, but Ira is just a cool name. Uh, Yeah, I like that. Mm. It's a good name, Mm. unlike Greg.
1: Fucking Greg is the worst name
0: ever. So Ira and William Davenport rose to fame in their teens with the introduction of the Spirit Cabinet. This was essentially a large wooden cupboard in which the medium or mediums would be bound to a chair. And then you'd like chuck in some instruments with them, like a violin, an accordion, triangle, I don't know, Mm. and shut the door on them. Tied up medium, instruments, door closed. I see where this is going. Mm. Mm -hmm. From within, music would begin to play. Oh my god. Can't possibly be the medium. Could it be... Could it be... But no, don't open the door. The ghosts are shy or (laughs) masturbating or something. Um, You peer in and there's ghosts dancing around like, I'm a (laughs) ghost that
1: really likes to palter. My dance moves have sacrificed the (laughs) entire altar.
0: They see me, they see me nay-nay or something. I I am down with popular culture. It's fine. So once the music stopped, the doors could be opened and the bound medium would be sitting there innocently. Still bound.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: You might also see spirit hands emerging from the cabinet <sighs> while the door is still closed. Uh,
1: I want to picture it like one of those like gloved hands that kind of just appear <laughs> out and then like beckon you,
0: and they beckon mm. you, and you're like, oh, I've got no choice but to follow the beckoning. The sleeve on the hand might belong to the sleeve of the medium, but you're too busy looking at the glove. Yes, can't be the medium though. They're tied They're up. Tied up. So it must be a ghost. Mm-hmm. Essentially, Iron will. We were really good escape artists, and they even later taught Houdini himself a couple of tricks. Oh, that's very good. I was
1: wondering if Houdini was going to come into it.
0: I'm going to get to Houdini. <gasps> So the skill of the con man combined with the group's belief and desire to believe made anything seem possible. In fact, Houdini once asked the brothers about reports that instruments flew over people's heads floating in the air during seances, and Ira said, strange how people imagine things in the dark. The instruments never left our hands. But then you had people sitting there high on, I don't know, belladonna or something, going, oh corsets it's so, beautiful. so tight that they can't breathe, and they're like ah oh. <laughs> dance make the accordion dance for me <laughs> davenport brothers <laughs> so perhaps human mediums weren't always trustworthy and by always i mean never but what if you could get photographic proof of spirits? well then it would be mm. proof because pictures don't lie the camera is an honest objective observer mm-hmm. in the mid-19th century it was sometimes observed that ghostly figures sometimes appear in photographs taken of still living subjects So you'd see Yourself sitting there But then a face behind you <gasps> Watchful <sighs> Their hands reaching from beyond The grave. <laughs> And most photographers were like, eh, this is an error. Like, the photographic plates during that time had to be cleaned in between pictures. Otherwise, remnants of the previous images would appear in the, no, others objected. Spirits from beyond the grave. I didn't know that about the plates. That makes sense. In 1862, an amateur photographer in Boston called William Mumler took a self-portrait, only to discover a little child sitting where his lap would be. And he claims it was the face of his long-dead cousin who died 12 years ago. And he was like, okay, maybe this was a mistake made by me. But it just kept happening to all of his images. And eventually, he married a spirit medium called Hannah Stewart and set up his own spirit photography studio. Soon, you could buy an image of your dead loved one from him (laughs) for like $8. It's a steal. (laughs) And you would receive it in the mail. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> However, people who purchased these photographs started recognizing the spirits in the photos mm. as being people who were still very much alive. Uh-huh. And even more suspicious, those not-so-ghostly manifestations had gone to the studio previously to get their own pictures taken. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say it's
1: like his wife in a sheet in the background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> little eye holes. Ooh. So a slight hiccup in the business. Uh-huh. But Mumla simply moved to New York to start a new life there. I mean, you got to move on. That's it.
1: You can't be a con man. If that's the fatal flaw of all con men. They kind of linger about. You've got to get shifting about, I think.
0: I think that's why I'd make a terrible con man. Because if you just, even the smallest little accusation regarding my integrity, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm so terribly sorry. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm so ashamed. And then I crawl into a hole No, Philippa.
1: No. Double down double down so hard and with such conviction mm. that they're convinced they're the idiot you gotta gaslight them a bit more philippa come on sorry jess it must be my fault i've You've been shown over me this all these
0: <laughs> so many times you just don't remember it in the booklet that he handed out to advertise his services he exclaims and i quote what joy to the troubled heart what balm to the aching breast what peace and comfort to the weary soul to know that our friends who have passed away can return and give us unmistakable evidence of a life hereafter, that they are with us and seize with avidity every opportunity to make themselves known. I just love the way the Victorians used to write. I mean, he, I think he was the one seizing with avidity, but- Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the not-so-dead spirits from his photographs are like, I got better, <laughs> but wait- What's that I see appearing in the background? Oh my goodness. It seems to be some kind of spectral apparition of of a person? No, a building? Oh my. Could we possibly be being haunted by the workhouse? Oh my god. Let's creep in before further developments take place. <laughs> It's been a while since we last visited the workshop. Was it your turn to feed the orphans this time, or mine? I don't think we designate. I know we're gonna, we're
1: about to do a bit, but I think we didn't even bother. We were like, fuck it. They'll just die and then we'll get new ones because they're old and it's been a while, they've kind of aged up a bit now, and we like to keep them young and malleable, you know. It's
0: like when you go on a vacation and half your plants are dried up husks when you return. Like you win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah. The ones that remain are hardier for the experience. Absolutely. So they're promoted to shift supervisors, and while we wait for the remaining orphans to summon the dead from the great beyond, I guess. (laughs) I think we have time for a little room. it It's
1: been so long, I'm
0: so excited. Have you heard of Abigail Blackman? <laughs> Abigail was a well-known medium who brought a lot of comfort to the deceased. So the recently bereaved would go to her in order to reconnect with the loved one. And Abigail would channel their beloved Greg or Jimothy as if they'd never left. But what her clients didn't suspect... Was that Abigail was not just into death, but resurrection as well. Whenever she learned of a fresh death, she'd sell the information to her local grave robbers, tipping them off as to the upcoming burials. <laughs> and what the resurrection men did with that information was none of her concern. But thank you, Abigail, for making us your concern by signing up to our Patreon. And waiting a very long time for your rumor. All of you guys, thank you. Thank you. you. Being so patient. <laughs> we'll do them all. And if you want the spirits to whisper nasty rumors about you to us, which we will then make very, very public, sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com, Awful Forever Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at AwfulForeverPod. So, we've gushed out gratitude, but the Orphans are doing a different kind of gushing. <laughs> What's that coming out of their noses?
1: It's none of my concern, Philippa. What am I,
0: a doctor? I don't give a shit. Yeah, it looks like mucus to me. That, that's worse than anything I was going to come up with. Let's just... Let's go. <laughs> while our orphans are secreting perfectly normal human fluids victorian mediums began to expel a substance of a seemingly more supernatural quality oh my god when mediums began to expel wet sheet-like strands from their orifices no (laughs) people looked on and said that's not normal No, no,
1: dislike, dislike.
0: <laughs> Referred to as ectoplasm, the substance was hailed as the connecting link between the material and spiritual worlds. Or so said Arthur Conan Doyle, the most gullible man alive, <laughs> who claimed to have handled ectoplasm personally, to which I say, Ew. why, Why are you handling it? Don't, don't. Would do you touch it? I
1: would not handle it. I would not handle it. I would not touch it. No! Nope. If
0: you were in a seance yes. and somebody went, <laughs> <laughs> Would your first instinct be? Would catch it with my hands straight
1: from them and then rub it all over my rub
0: cheeks, it. Mm, exfoliating. Mm. Oh, that was a bit of a snort that I I got there. <laughs> my own mucus. Oh no! Ectoplasm was expelled from the medium's mouths, noses, and ears. Oh my god! Imagine the medium as a bottle of Coke and the spirits as Mentos. It's just bursting and at e- the seams with it. <laughs> it's like a fire hydrant on a hot day Mm. ectoplasm also apparently came out of necks but i don't like that i don't know how to imagine it no when people say necks in my head i'm imagining mediums just pulling it out of their bras, like a string of handkerchiefs so, like, just tied from, together. Like, out of their collar, like it's like, oh, it's from my neck, actually. And spirit photographers, who by now had been si- soundly walloped by skeptics, had a new reason to exist, which was to record the otherworldly manifestations of the medium. <laughs> it was also very exciting that if you looked closely at the ectoplasm, sometimes you'd see the image of a human face. <gasps> Jesus. <laughs> it's like when I blow my nose and then I open the tissue you? And I'm like, <gasps> mother... <laughs> Have, have you seen that that charlatan that like throws
1: up gems? Uh. He's like his whole thing is that he definitely does throw up gemstones and precious stones from ghosts. <laughs> so like, basically, people gather around him, and he's he's like <laughs> like spitting up jingle, definitely jingle. not fake rubies and diamonds.
0: Is it rubies and diamonds mixed in with genuine human vomit, no, or is it it's just just it's gems?
1: Just gems so So he's just sort of like heaving and coughing up sparkly rocks that are indeed from the spiritual world. And definitely not that he's just sort of swallowed and is just going blah.
0: And I mean, the spirit world, it's not their fault if they happen to prefer costume jewelry Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. fake Mm -hmm. things are more real. On the other side... Like, if a Gengar comes over
1: to you and hands you, like, a little shiny stone and, is like, and you're like, thank you very much, Ghost, you're not gonna be like, oh, it's a piece of shit, and like throw it back. You can be like, a ghost
0: <laughs> is just giving me a piece of jewelry. Please
1: don't kill me, or curse me, or anything
0: else. A ghost could give me an egg McMuffin, and I'd be like, thank That's you, ghost. Ghost, <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Love it. He sounds, he sounds more like a demoniac who, like, yeah, a demoniac crossed with a medium. It is exceptionally
1: funny. You do need to look at him because it's just, it's like he doesn't speak beforehand. Not. <laughs> because not because his mouth is filled with gems no 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 he needs to concentrate <laughs> to connect to the spiritual world it's he's absolutely amazing i love it
0: i'm going to imagine him now with like suspiciously bulging cheeks <laughs> and <laughs> he's it's like angular. talking through the corner of his mouth yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> i wonder what will happen if i google jewel vomiting mm. medium it's probably imagine
1: if fun. he sneezes and it just all comes out it's like
0: <laughs> the ceremony is over <laughs> so he vomits first and then he's like oh wait there's something there and he picks his nose and he pulls out a dime <laughs>
1: and then he gets on one knee and you're like oh my god i will marry you <laughs>
0: But don't look too close at the human faces that show on the ectoplasm, Mm -hmm. because you might just notice that the ectoplasm itself bore a startling resemblance to cheesecloth and chewed up paper, sometimes with a picture of a face so glued (laughs) onto it. (laughs) Convincing. Someone's
1: just shittily drawn the Virgin Mary. (laughs) Smiley
0: face. Look. And this is my see Modern day mediums are like pulling out paper and on it is a little poop emoji. Yay. And people are like, Oh <laughs> But what I found particularly unsettling is that there are accounts of mediums expelling ectoplasm ectoplasm like <laughs> And then sucking it all back no, up again. No, I don't. So just like, no, don't do ugh. that. No. Oh, that did something to Mm-mm. me. Every time I think of it, I can feel a little vomit at the back of my throat just <laughs> waiting to be projectiled right out of me. <laughs> It's like when somebody sniffs and you just you can hear it roiling oh, in them. Yeah, that's how I imagine the ectoplasm. Oh my god! Yeah, and mm, it just makes mm. me wonder what kind of cavities do people
1: have inside them. Yeah, like like the diamond puke guy. It's mm. it's almost like yeah, fair enough because that's like a talent, almost like a freak show thing that I would probably pay and see.
0: Does he have like? Pockets in his throat I and mean, <laughs> snorting cheesecloth at your nose oh and then God. sniffing it back up. That must clean your sinuses. I once
1: swallowed a spaghetti. And, and then, sort of like, but like, had a hole of, of the end and then, like, pulled it back up because my brother did it. And I wanted to die and I never wanted to swallow anything ever again. So I can't imagine doing that.
0: My gag reflex is pathetic. Oh, I can even too. think of something touching the back of my throat. And I'm like, Taking <laughs> a COVID test is nightmarish horror. So. Oh. <laughs> so if you Google images of ectoplasm, I think that your primary emotion might be complete disbelief that anyone fell for these utter things I'm going to right now. But I think it's important to note that ectoplasm, very conveniently, couldn't be produced under bright lights or it would disintegrate. Oh. Ooh. And I think it must have been a different experience watching this whitish stuff just being pulled out of someone's face in the flickering light of candles. I am
1: looking at pictures and it is literally, mm-hmm. ju- it's like you've got like a dishcloth
0: that's just so <laughs> going out with a face on it yeah imagine you're on cocaine Mm -hmm. and and there's only two candles yeah Mm -hmm. also many mediums wouldn't let you touch the ectoplasm Mm -hmm. saying that it might kill them if you tried yes so they're like no Mm -hmm. i'll i'll die Mm -hmm. if you do especially because there were a lot of people wanting to prove them To be fakes. Of course. And so they'd suddenly, like, grab the ectoplasm, and it was still halfway up their nostril, Uh, and that's got to be painful. uh, That said, one particularly famous medium, Mina Crandon, who I'm absolutely going to cover in another episode, produced touchable ectoplasm, which was described by one viewer as the most beautiful case of teleplasmic telekinesis with which I am acquainted, we can freely touch the teleplasm. (laughs) The materialized hands are joined by cords to the medium's body. They seize objects and move them. So she was basically expelling these ectoplasmic hands out of her body. But these spirit hands turned out to be nothing more than animal tissue. Oh, no, mm, no. For example, the lung of a cow, or pig. Uh, and like this that. included two or three quote unquote hands that she pulled from her vulva. Okay, and described as the hands of her dead brother Walter, uh, which is distressing on so many <sighs> levels. I don't even know where to start. Mm. Firstly, <laughs> what do women have about sticking? animal parts up their vagina. It's like I know it's hard to be
1: a con person, but and, and we've got this extra pocket that men don't have access yeah. to. So I guess there's that. We have an advantage. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. This has gone all the way back to the Victorian era. We were wrong all along. It's always been the matriarchy.
0: Women don't have pockets in their trousers because they've got pockets between their it's legs. It's
1: nature's pocket, baby.
0: And you can put anything in. Put your brother's also, hands, hands up there. Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Just Brother's hands, <laughs> also her dead brother's hands. Also, it said vulva, but I was also like, mm, "It's human hands." I feel that they've got to go a bit deeper. But yeah. I'm overthinking it. It's not leaving my brain. Yeah. one. On. Mm. So, from what I gathered during my reading, most scientists just ignored spiritualism's grandiose claims, but a few got genuinely interested and looked to conclusively prove whether the dead could visit during a séance or whether ectoplasm was a viable. New substance. There were even some names that I, a scientifically illiterate woman, recognized like Faraday. That's a name oh, I've seen yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And in 1882, the Society for Psychical Research was founded by a group of philosophers and scientists. Although I think that might have to wait for another episode. Mm. But in the meantime, one of the best-known names among those who applied science to spiritualism is that of William Crookes. He did some sciency things that he became known for. He was a British chemist and physicist. He discovered the element thallium, which is more than I've ever done. What have you discovered? Nothing. Mm. <laughs> Nothing so far. <laughs> except for the face of Jesus in this tissue that I've recently <laughs> brought my nose into, and that's fine. And his work ultimately led to the discovery of the electron, so... Oh, good. Okay, okay. But he was also a staunch defender of mediums. And I might do a Patreon minisode on his relationship with Florence Cook, mostly because crooks and cook, it rhymes That's well, quite it. good. But for now, I'll focus on how he was bamboozled by Daniel Dunglass Home home is possibly the most famous medium of the 19th century. He's also referred to as the only medium who was never exposed, which is patently untrue. He was exposed like 500 times.
1: <laughs> I think though, if you if you just say that, that's your name. It's like Jessica's, mm-hmm. whose like, ectoplasm is definitely real. Then it's like oh well, I mean, it's definitely real because that's their name though.
0: It's Philippa, whose DNA is 100% human. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to question no. it. Houdini said of home, he is the Forerunner of the mediums whose forte is fleecing by presuming on the credulity of the subjects. Mm-hmm. Home claimed that spirits rocked his cradle when he was an infant. And coincidentally, it was just after the Fox sisters became famous that he too started manifesting supernatural phenomena. You know how like when Twitch players will start like this new quirky thing and one person gets a lot of fame because they're doing this quirky thing? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly other Twitch players are like, Hmm, I too. (laughs) And suddenly everybody does who never did before. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah.
1: Way to contextualize it, (laughs) Philippa.
0: (laughs) Look, I'm sure we have Gen Z listeners, and I've got to make it understandable to them as young people. That's correct. From my old perspective. It's like when you get a TikTok, and then everybody does that
1: TikTok, berries and cream, ha 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 ha. Berries and cream? Never mind.
0: (laughs) talk to a talk to a a (laughs) genzer he toured through America as a teen before returning to Europe around 1855 and he was absolutely adored by the monarchy and even held a seance for Napoleon III which is pretty nice that's good he was quite unique in that he didn't charge people but he was also like "Mm, if you want to give me a diamond (laughs) I won't say no just puke a diamond up for me and there you go oh you can't it's okay I'll do one for you (laughs) (laughs) Many, many feats were attributed to him. From handling hot coals to elongating his body to <laughs> winter hurling his in the bedroom <laughs> to outright levitating 70 feet. He got exposed numerous times, but would just blame the spirits for this. <laughs> Those pesky He's rascals a- that they are. It also says a lot for his confidence that he would just tell his audience what was happening. So you'd all be sitting around the table and Home would say something like, The table is levitating! And you'd maybe peek down and the table le- legs are still touching the floor. And Home would give you a stern look and start using his power voice and say like, The table is levitating. <laughs> And then maybe for effect he'd slide a foot under the leg and jimmy it up a bit to make the table wobble a bit like it's floating and you'd just feel too awkward to contradict him.
1: (laughs) Was he like 6 foot 5 built like a brick
0: house as well? And so you'd be like Mm. uh, yeah table Mm -hmm." I think it's the awkwardness that you get when you go to the hairdresser and they've absolutely mutilated your head but you're there and you're looking in a mirror and you're like (laughs) it's lovely, I've never had Such a good haircut in my whole life. Thank you so much. I'm gonna cry. Uh, Home would also wear thin shoes that he could slide off easily, and his socks were cut to expose his toes, so that when you're at the table, he could pull your pantaloons under the table with his toes like a mischievous spirit.
1: Oh, I pick things up with my feet sometimes too, because again, I've got hand weirdly
0: crackling knuckles,
1: cracking
0: them away, and then yeah, so I can see that. I've never seen your feet, but now I have concerns. In reality,
1: my feet are. adorable and normal
0: and 100 percent human yeah the trouble is (laughs) (laughs) he was also notorious for holding his seances in very poorly lit rooms and it's thought he might have rubbed phosphorus on his hands to make spooky glowing hands floating around so i mentioned that the scientist william crooks took it upon himself to test home and he was thoroughly convinced one of his tests involved constructing a cage made of wooden copper wire, which was placed beneath the dining table with an accordion inside. Holmes would then need to play the instrument through the spirits, which apparently he did successfully. Great. But like the very good scientist he was, Crooks didn't search home beforehand. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible that Holmes simply hit a small music box in one of his pockets. Uh-huh. And apparently Crooks was incredibly short-sighted, and some believe that this was why he was so gullible. Hmm. A Scottish chemist, William Ramsay, said, Crooks is so short-sighted that despite his unquestioned honesty, he cannot be trusted in what he tells you he has seen. Hmm. But it wasn't just scientists that got involved with proving or disproving spiritualist phenomena. John Neville Maskelyne, and I keep saying masculine, masculine, <laughs> Maskelyne, <laughs> masculine. was a watch repair in his mid-twenties who once saw the Davenport brothers performing and became aware that they were slipping their, their bonds. He took a peek into the cabinets and they were untied and and they were like, no, you saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but he knew Mm -hmm. and determined to expose the con. Masculine teamed up with a stage magician and cabinet maker called George Cook and they recreated the spirit cabinets and routine that the Davenports were famous for, although they made it like more of a comic entertainment, like a modern day magician, I guess. Mm. They then went on tour for two years trying to teach a gullible public that it was all just a trick and I kind of love this low-key war between stage magicians and spiritualists Yes, and I want to have a steampunk novel in which you've got two types of magic. You've got the stage magicians, and they've got their mechanical trickery and sleight of hand and stuff like that, and the spiritualists who summon ghosts. It's like,
1: you want it's the prestige. prestige too.
0: I've never watched the prestige. Oh my god, it's so good. I've, I don't want to spoil it for myself, so I've never even looked up the plot. Good, good. But I guess it's been like 20 years since it came out, so maybe I should. Yes,
1: <laughs> it's really good.
0: And I wonder who the magicians, the better magicians were in the end, mm. as Maskin and Cook ended up securing a residency in Piccadilly that ran for another 30 years. Oh. Ah. And they learned from each other as well. Like I mentioned earlier that Houdini had learned a few tricks from the Davenports. And in fact, he was a great admirer of the two brothers. And he went to some effort once to restore William Davenport's grave. Mm. And the remaining brother, Ira, was so moved by this that he ended up teaching Houdini a rope tie that was easy to get out of huh. and suggested that Houdini tour with him. Oh, But he died before that could ever happen. Oh. And I want to talk a lot more about Houdini, including his frenemyship with Artico. In the oh, yes, it's the best buddy cop episode ever. But I'm going to cover him in my next episode because he needs his own space. Of course. And that's as much as I could conceivably fit into this introduction to spiritualism. What I find interesting about this counter look, words are hard, countercultural movements, is that it provided women in particular with a sphere in which they could gain power. Yeah. They could transmit meaningful messages to people. They could make a living. And it became a movement that was very entangled with social justice movements. So with women's rights campaigners and abolitionists. And also it just must have been so damn cool because everything was happening at the right time. You had science and spirituality and social reform and they were all coming together. And there were telephone wires and Morse code. Mm. So what if the dead could do Morse code? That would be cool too. But I I think it's also difficult for me to talk about because it makes me quite angry as well. Mm, Yeah. Because it involved exploiting people's grief.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, like, we have come as a society, we know that magicians, none of it's real and magic doesn't exist. But there's still a huge part of people that want seances or, you know, believe it. Hmm. And, you know, there's this other side. And even though that in some instances... People have been proven to be lying over and over again. People still believe them, and so that still goes on even now.
0: Because I think you're vulnerable when you're grieving, and you're desperate, and you want it absolutely. You you want the dead to still be with Mm. us. I'm sure many spiritualists really did believe in the existence of the supernatural, and they wanted to comfort the bereaved. Yes, but at the same time, the tricks of the medium's trade. I mean, you could buy these fake spirit boxes, or these music boxes, or like little hooks that you could. in your belts or your sleeve, you could buy them like through mail order catalogs. <laughs> and it suggests that many people were willing to con people and knowingly con people who were in mourning. Yeah. And like if you consider the period, you've got the American Civil War, you've got the First World War, if you move from the mid-19th century to the early 20th, so you've got thousands of people traumatized by death and so desperate to believe that their loved ones weren't gone forever and then people willing to profit off that.
1: Not good. Not nice. Don't like that. <sighs>
0: Just to end this episode on a (laughs) sand. And (laughs) everything is shit and everyone's awful forever. But um, I do think a lot of spiritualists acted in good faith. So I got a happy quotation with which to end this episode, which is a line from Marina Warner, whose book I used as well as the book by Lisa Morton. Marina Warner says, The search for spirits appears to match a search for individuality outside prescribed borders," And I think that was true Mm. as well. So not black and white mm-hmm. but on halloween, halloween, halloween. everything <laughs> is black and dark ghost. and white ghosts around and ghosts ghosts Spooky ghosts creepy hands <laughs> covered in frost oh i would give anything to be at a séance with a spiritual- oh. spiritualist who's covered their hand in phosphor, and i'd know. be like ooh i know i do
1: want to go to a séance that's like just so you know hocus pocus they're clearly a charlatan and but Because I'm kind of scared of a real seance. Because what if ghosts
0: are real, actually? Oh, no. (laughs) So, in Glasgow, around Halloween, there's somebody who's performing an actual Victorian seance. And I'm like, I want to go. But at the same time, I'm like, by Victorian seance, do you mean absolutely 100% fake? But- if you got phosphor hands, that's cool. Yeah. I'd pretend to believe if you told me the table was yeah. <laughs> I might even believe because like Marina Wana says, like you gotta set the scene. Like we're just sitting in our in our living rooms mm. talking through a mic about how unbelievable seances were. But what if there's only three candles? Oh, yes. And what if she pulls a string of magician scarves out of her nose? Oh my god. Oh it's like I would be there for that. Maybe we should go. It's like that dancing plague, the
1: like the fervor of belief of someone can actually mm-hmm. influence you. And so maybe if you're there, you'll be like, ah!
0: And, <laughs> I think I would. Maybe I'm going to go. Okay, let's go. And if she pulls strings out of her nose, I will go. <laughs> can I touch it or will you
1: die? <laughs> well, that was very good. I feel very informed. I feel like I should leave out a-, a dish of milk for my local ghosts.
0: I think we're bad at goodbyes, so I think we're just going to... Step backwards with our sheets on going uh,
1: We'll see you in seven months. Seven
0: days. <laughs>